You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No music, no intro. Another episode of Hashtag Saints Twitter Podcast. Uh, we teased the guests on the last episode um, when we were recapping the Saints win against the Lions in terms of Ryan and I being very excited of who we had coming on the show. So I'm just going to get right into it. So can I, I'm going to, so I hope you don't mind. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm just going to go through your accolades before I introduce you, okay? So you went so you graduated from Boston College in 05, BS in biology, which props to you because biology is such a hard subject. And then you got your MBA in finance, entrepreneurship and innovation from Northwestern. And then you have your MS in predictive analytics. NFL Network's own Cynthia Freeland, who is the predictive stats, guru, queen, when it comes to the NFL in general and NFL network, thank you for coming on. And that's not even, we didn't even talk about, and we'll hit on it later in terms of what you, like what shows you're on and everything. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and being a guest. We're really excited about this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I have, it just reminds me, I have a lot of student loans to pay off. And, ah, stop you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, geez, that's, that's, that's where all that money goes. I see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ooh, I can imagine. And you're, you're just like the rest of us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Sally, Sally May. Sally May, is a, Sally May is the enemy to all of us. I mean, you know, listen, she's, she, I, and you know, it's funny because you guys were what you're recapping the Lions game before. And that was that. And obviously, you know, I'm, a, I'm from Michigan, so I'm about as much of a Lions fan as you can be, which, you know, means I like the colors and I enjoy going to the stadium, but you know, I, I expected the saints to win and I actually picked the saints to win the super bowl this year. So I definitely was okay with the outcome of that one. Oh, so you, so you're like, you, you'd rather be right about your super bowl prediction than like your team winning. It's not so when you once you've been working in football for mm. a while, I really like people on every team. Like there's a I don't know if you I'm going to give like a sort of low key shout out. to There's a guy named Terry Fortnight who works for the Saints. Yeah. You yeah. know, Terry, 
he's one of the best, like of all, like he, he needs, first of all, he needs to be a GM like ASAP. And number two, he is one of the kindest, if not like most generous with being a teacher, being a, you know, if you have a football question, he will answer it. He's like this role model. He's an awesome dad, like much like you guys. And, you know, he's just like one of those people you're like, this is one of the like really good ones. Not, not a little good, like really good. So, you know, I, I, the point is, is once you've worked in football, it's rare that there's a team that I don't like one of the humans involved in it. It's a, Mm. it's a fortunate thing. No, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you, you never lose, right? Like I don't want anyone to lose and I don't want anyone to, but I'm happy with pretty much whoever wins. So it it always works out. Like (laughs) I get to do math, not anything else. (laughs) (laughs) So, and so you can catch Cynthia um, on NFL game day morning, you do fantasy live and then you do game time with 60% G our guy, Greg Rosenthal. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the only person that, that calls him that, but I mean, I might uh, have to pull that out. I didn't hear that one before, but you know, he is, he don't tell him that I like him so much, but I really like, I always look forward to whatever's coming out of his mouth. I try to play it off, you know, like, like whatever, but I'm, I'm always listening for his jokes and I, I kind of fangirl him. Like I listen to every pod he does. Like he's just so funny and so knowledgeable. And so like the delivery, the dryness is, uh, I, I I was funny. Like I, like, I listen to him and I'm like, oh, I could probably be funny. And then I'm like, no, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm not funny. <laughs> he is wonderful. So, but don't tell him that I like him so much. I want oh, him no. to keep him on. I won't. And, so, and, oh. and Greg, so, so busy and so high and mighty that he won't even listen to this pod episode because he's so above us. So it's fine. Like, <laughs> I don't there's... think it's that. <laughs> no, just, I don't think just... it's that. I think it's, I, I think he'll, I just, you know, we got to keep it between us. If he hears it, maybe, but I'll have to, I'll deny everything. Deniable <laughs> capability. Um, so, I mean, I guess my, my first question is with your background, has football always been a, a passion of yours or just like, how did you get into like the NFL and using numbers and stats and predictive data in regards to when it comes to football? Like, how did that all work out for you? Well, I grew up in a football town. I'm from East Lansing, Michigan. So home of the Spartans. Um, and when you, when you grew up in Michigan, you you kind of fall into one of two camps, either you're bleed green, you bleed green and white, or you bleed maize and blue. And I was kind of one of those rare people that I really just, I loved going to games at both. I, I, you know, I was a little more Michigan football than Michigan state, which was a little weird growing up in East Lansing, but you know, I, you got a chance to, you got a chance to be around it. And then of course, Barry Sanders, when I was growing up was everything. So yes. you know, you'd watch Barry Sanders and my dad, I would, I would remember watching Barry Sanders with my dad and it was just such like a happy time. And I don't know, like, so that's really what got me into as a younger girl, it got me into football was being around like such awesome, you know, like Charles Woodson doing the Heisen Post. Like that's when I, you know, I, the, that's my formative years of like watching football. Right. And then you know, Barry Sanders when I was younger and things like that. So I was really lucky with that. And then, um, you know, I went to, went to college in Boston. Um, I, I it's funny. Cause like I picked Boston cause it was like a quote, big city. And now it feels very small compared to bigger cities that I've lived in, but compared <laughs> to East Lansing, it was huge. Um, and I, I kind of like spread my wings and learned that things were a little different. I thought I wanted to be a doctor forever. My sister's a doctor. So, you know, I'm the bad kid in the family. I I'm, I'm the failure. So, um, so, you know, I went into banking and then I realized I could kind of meld the things that I liked together. So in business school, I cold emailed 
the then CFO of the NFL. His name's Anthony Noto. He now works, he's a CEO of SoFi now. Um, but he, I had read some of his research reports when he had worked at Goldman Sachs. So I cold emailed him and asked him for a job in finance at the NFL. And he said, yes. Okay, it was a little more than that, but you know, I said, <laughs> yes. And uh, I, spent my, I spent my summer of 2008 in, in, uh, on Park Avenue working for the league office. And that's really when um, like I kind of switched over to, oh, this is where I'm supposed to go. And the finance part of my you know, brain and the math part, I'd always been kind of a math person for sure. Yeah. Uh, really switched on and I realized I could be helpful because I could listen. I really liked, I really liked listening to coaches talk about, um, you know, watching film and strategy. And one of the projects I worked on was how many games would be optimal for the, the league. So is it 16 and four is it 18 and two, you know, what's the, how do, how do we maximize our product? And of course, product at the, at the league office is games. So what, what we fig- figured out was, you know, I have to work with a competition committee. And then I got a chance to like sit in dark rooms and watch film and they swear and you eat snacks. It's like, that's my happy place right there. Yes, yes. Exactly. So that's where it really all started because then I could translate that into financial models. And then the path kind of went from there. I learned how to, you know, I went back to, you know, I finished my MBA, got another degree in predictive analytics, which allowed me to use a lot of different types of code in order to create models that were more than just, you know, uh, typical financial models, you know, fall into just a few different categories. But once you were able to code, then you can create lots of different types of models. And the more you learn about stats and the more you learn about football and the more you learn about, you know, correlation and causation and the deeper you go into that. And luckily I've had some like a really amazing mentors, both on the football side and on the math side. So melding all of that together was really where I found that I could be like pretty uniquely valuable. And then the world got lucky in the sense of like, you know, Moneyball turned into like a thing. And then Paul D. Podesta actually got hired by the Browns. And, you know, I I worked at Disney after and Disney's ESPN. And I was kind of in the right place at the right time and had this very unique skill set that, you know, I got very lucky, but I also prepared really hard for it. And, you know, I still code. I spend hours each week coding. Um, I don't know. Many other people on TV who do that, <laughs> but uh, but you know that's you got to earn your keep, right? You got to sure, you know, yeah, sure. be different. Then you got to you know work hard and be different. But that's kind of the way I found to be able to be, and and I've been lucky along the way to be able to work for teams and to um, help consult and solve problems because who oh, wow. wants to do real work, right? Like my goodness, <laughs> right. like that's... hard jobs that involve like real <laughs> things. Like I don't want to do real work. Like that's that's not the goal. Yeah, so I just want to give a like an appreciation shout out because I so my my girl my girlfriend has um uh MPR MPH a master's in public health and she's an ep, uh, ep, epidemiologist so she codes and she does yeah and she does real stuff that actually <laughs> people so thank you to her please extend my gratitude and you I mean being a social worker like you guys are actually doing things that. You know, I, I'm just glad to make people a little bit happier, you know, like that's, that means a lot to me, but you're actually doing things that like save people. So thank you. <laughs> but I just, I just, well, thank you. But just, just pre, like, I know, like, I mean, I know from her, like what it, like what coding is and just statistics and just getting published and all of that. I, I, you know, I, I am very familiar with it. So the fact that you're still coding hours upon hours a week is just, just insane. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. it's insane. Maybe, maybe it's maybe that's the right word. <laughs> Not insane in a bad way, but it's it's right. insane and and impressive. So that's that's kudos to you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We all should. When you you know look, I feel like the biggest respect you can have for your job is to keep working really hard. So yeah. that's the that's my goal there. Absolutely, and uh, I mean I I work in IT. You know, currently I do a lot of uh, you know report building, uh, report building, you know, some analytics and, you know, building out data warehouses and stuff like that in my current position. And you, you know, you mentioned coding. So, I mean, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your software? Because, you know, when you're on TV, when you're, when you're on NFL network, they usually bring you on to, uh, you know, do some you know projections and, uh, you know, stat projections, fantasy projections. And like, you have this particular, uh, you know, proprietary system is like, what, what, what does she have going on over there? Like, you have some kind of like super server room. Is they, it, they, oh is my it, gosh, is yeah. It, is, it, is it Skynet? Is like, is that how it? <laughs> it's kind of like Skynet. No, I wish it were like Skynet. I wish I had like, I mean, I could afford screens like that. That would be amazing. I'd like those and like move things off with my hands and gestures. Mm. That'd be great. Um, I don't have Skynet. It's a little bit more um, like, you know, uh, cobbled together than that. There's duct tape involved. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but ultimately uh, the thing, look, I'm not the best coder. I'm, I'm an, I know enough to be dangerous. I will, I will not pretend I am great at coding, but what I, I know, I know what I need for the things I need to do. And I kind of learn as I'm, as I'm needed, as I'm needing to use something. So I do a lot with computer vision, which um, TensorFlow is is probably what I think is the best. So we uh, we reference my we reference my quote unquote model a lot, and it's not just one model. There are many models, and then you know we I, I quote unquote crunch the numbers a lot because that's fun to say, right? For yeah, right. <laughs> Cynthia's crunch the numbers. Cynthia, what do the numbers tell us? Cynthia, tell us about your model. And you know, I, I my model is like taking on this whole like other like per, part of my personality. So you know, they have names and whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's pieced together from computer vision, which allows me to procure stats that no one else has, right? How far away defenders are from particular wide receivers. Um, many of the next gen stats oh, and stuff like that, you know, uh, like, you know, things like how far away the, like it's think about when you use the word geometry, right? Like, so it's how much space a running back has to run between a gap, uh, oh a lane, right? Like it's how, uh, I can, I can get approximate force because I can, I, I don't know exactly know how much each person weighs, but you know, you can see like, like part of why Derrick Henry is so interesting is because he can get hit harder than other people and still keep going forward. Wow. Um, so, you know, so like things like that, that are hard to, are Modify. hard. Yeah. There. And, and you know what, you want to be unbiased because no matter what, like you can love it. You think about it. You watch a saints game in the morning and you watch a saints game at night. You could pick up different aspects of that game just based on maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm not paying attention. Maybe the phone rang. Maybe my kids are screaming, maybe whatever, you know, whatever. Right. Like, so you want to be as unbiased as possible. So being able to measure those things, like from a geometry standpoint, creates an unbiased, you know, set of data that allows you to look for correlations and causations that you might miss from your naked eye and that certainly aren't captured by traditional statistics and that even next-gen stats um, are help aug augment, right? So, you know, the next-gen stats use the GPS trackers. However, 
some of those things don't have as much context, right? Like it, it can tell you there are two tight ends on the, you know, two tight ends and one running back, right? So there's certain personnel formation, right? Or it can tell you 12, right? Or it can tell you, um, but it, it can tell you that there's tight ends in the slot, whatever. But it, if, if there's motion and then the tight end goes and goes back tight on the line, then it wouldn't capture that correctly because that's just not the way it's programmed. So, you know, it's like, it's trying to mimic the things that are actually going on in the field. So you can measure them and, and it's not necessarily to me, it's, it's like, um, a, which rabbit hole to go down. It's not some, some of the stats that I've been able to create, I would say are hard and fast stats. Like I figured out like, you know, one that I call disruptions. So pressures where a, a defender comes within, you know, within three feet, because, you know, most quarterbacks are about six, six and a half feet tall. So their arms yeah. are about three feet around. Right. So you want to be in their range of their arms so they could disrupt the pass, but your field of vision is only about 135 degrees. So if I don't feel pressure coming, I don't know if it's, if it's coming from behind me. I'm not sure if it's going to influence me or not, but if it's in my face, I most certainly can, can deduce that it's influencing me. So yeah. 100, 135 degrees within their field of vision within three feet. Now it's not perfect, but it is pretty good, right? Like, because you, you don't, a sack, has happens in that situation and a pressure happens in the situation, but you know, I don't know what other people define as a, as a pressure, right? Right, I, right, I, right? I can't tell you it's amorphous, right? You can say someone's under pressure on X percent of dropbacks, but I, I don't know what, what does under pressure mean? Right? Like, so right. It, to me, it's just creating um, parameters so that when you measure something, you're using the same measuring stick every time. And then it helps create the rabbit holes to go down for strategic kind of, analysis or strategic, you know, if you're in the case of how to stop something or why something worked, right. How to buck a trend or how to stick with the trend. Right. And I think you, you kind of cracked the code there because, you know, I think what a lot of people, I like PFF, but I think what a what thing that PFF kind of bugs a lot of hardcore fans is like, okay, you have these team of, you know, film study people, you know, who supposedly, decide that this is a pressure or this is a good play by the cornerback or uh, right. this is a good play by the free safety. It's like, okay, how are you quantifying that? Like what makes this a good play? And, you know, they, they kind of, they get fast and loose with telling you how they decide that. So I think you kind of cracked the code in finding these real specific measurements that are really like kind of blows my mind that you're able to, I mean, you know, field division and all that stuff. I think that kind of cracks the code because you have so many people out there kind of, I mean, a lot of people that are just like, you know, these, these statistics, these analytics, they don't, it's nothing. I mean, it doesn't predict foot, predict football and all that stuff. So I think you kind of find the right, the, the fine line in between of, you know, film actually studying film and how that, uh, and how you can represent that with geometry and, and statistics and data and all those things. For every one thing that seems useful, there's like 17 things that I spend way too much time on that aren't. So <laughs> part of it, part of it is being okay with being wrong about it. And like, look, like PFF is, they have, they must have their, like the, the problem is, is that every set of eyes will see something different, which is why some teams have some actual football teams have great scouting departing departments and some teams have a higher miss rate. So, yeah. you know, it's because you can see with your own eyes even. So the, the whole goal is to create a set of criteria that gives you a better chance of being right. Right. So if you don't, if you don't 
accept and reveal what the limitations of your measurement are, then it's kind of a, a not great method of, you know what I mean? Like, so it's hard because like, look on TV, we have 90 seconds. And so it's like, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, this, this thing, and you, you just have to shorthand it, but hopefully, you know, and honestly, like for viewers who are watching, like, it's not like, I want to make you have fun and enjoy your day. Like we don't need to do like advanced math and physics with right. me. Like <laughs> I'll do that in my spare time. And then I'll just tell you. I, I would watch it. <laughs> well, great. We'll tell my boss. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but tell Greg, tell Greg to tell my boss. Oh, I, I'm seeing him on Saturday. Let, I'll, 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 I'll talk. I'll talk to him. Yeah. But, but the point is, is that, you know, what I would ultimately, like, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this on here, but whatever I'm gonna do anyways, what I'd really like to do is I'd like to get a set of former players when they're just out of the league to watch with the computer vision and refine the refine the finding mm, more yes. and be able to use the former players who know what play was called because see i don't know what play it was called right i can guess i've watched a lot of films so like i'm i think my guess is maybe like three percent better than other people's so, okay great but <laughs> i like know, how you i like how you like, put a percentage of, of, how of course, you, yeah. of not that much better but it's like maybe slightly better than an average fan right so you know it's 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 a matter of trying to figure out you know how to how to keep getting better. And I, I think like, if you, if that's the next step that I would like to do, and I'm talking, I'm dry, begging the league office to like put some money aside for that. Cause I think that'd be a great use of, you know, I think it, it actually helps make the game safer. It helps. There's a yeah. lot of advantages to, you know, a, a bit of better strategy. It can help people teach better. It can help, you know, uh, signal things prior to them being a problem so that you know, they, it can get addressed. I mean, there's some things, I mean, I don't talk about injury stuff, but I, the data helps reveal who's more likely to be injured or not. So, you know, there are, there are advanced things that could be benefits that would really help. That's, that's amazing. Um, so this is a question that we were thinking is like, is your system and the, the software and everything that you use, is that more effective with offense than it is with defense? Or have you noticed like, it's kind of all encompassing. You know, that's, that's a really great question. And this is going to be a really unsatisfying answer because it depends on the type of team and the type of coach if you have. So for example, um, teams with a lot of continuity, uh, it's easier for the, the models, more correct teams with a lot of not continuity. It is, it is harder to get it right. Now there's kind of two ways to look at that. The first is like, like the Belichick kind of next man up philosophy stuff that helps because it, it, they have roles and they have, they have rules and rules. And, and so it doesn't matter necessarily as much who, as it is, you know, who's, who's leading them. So the Harbaugh, the Tomlin, the Belichick, the Reed, you know, the people, the, the Sean Payton, who's called a million plays um, and, and have a system that's similar. It's, it's more effective for people with longevity than it is where there's a lot of, um, you know, turnover and a lot of like, so for example, part of the reason why it's harder for new coaches to succeed if they don't go into the right sort of system is because, you know, they aren't, they don't have the pieces that they're used to. It's a mentorship thing, coaching, right? Mm. So of course, Mike Grable would have a better chance of having success in Tennessee where a defense who before was coached by Dean Pease, who had worked in the Patriot system and the Ravens uh, system oh. for a long time, he falls into a situation where you know, that he, he has the right Lego pieces to make the, you know, the Lego gas station. Right. Whereas like a guy like, you know, Adam Gase, for example, he falls in oh. after Todd Bowles, 
Todd Bowles is a masterful defensive coach. And, and we're seeing that in Tampa Bay, by the way. We are. And, and the, stopping the run. I mean, the, there's, it's, there's no like surprise that Devin White is awesome. I mean, first of all, Devin White and that horse story is epic. But Devin White, I mean, there's, there's no surprise. You know, they, they can pick him, right? Like, he knows how to make linebackers work. He knows pressure. He's, he's even making those young corners that are, are susceptible. We saw that in the Saints game. Like those deep, like the, their corners are going to be a problem when they play high caliber teams like the Saints, right? So even then, like they played, they played well. Carlton Davis yeah. and, and, you yeah. know, they, yeah. they've had a good game. But yeah, but so, but, you know, so you have Adam Gase going in that, and sure, he, he brings Greg Williams with him, but that's not the right, those aren't the pieces that, he doesn't have the right Lego set, right? Like he's trying yeah. to make a gas station and he's got, and he's got the, you know, the airplane set, you know, like it's, <laughs> wrong, Legos. it's wrong Legos. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. So, so yeah, so that's, you know, those are the, I don't even remember where we started on that, but that's where. That's where <laughs> oh, it was, we're talking about offense, defense. Yeah. And, so, yeah, okay. Right. It's, it's like when the pieces match what the coach can do. Right. Like you knew that two seasons ago, it's hard to remember before Lamar Jackson was who he is. Right. But the Ravens were either going to go three and 13 or 13 and three. You know what I mean? Like, because Harbaugh had called a million plays and they knew what they were looking for. He had all those tight ends. Now it was up to Lamar Jackson to actually be good. And that's for sure on him. But if you put the right pieces with the right play caller in the right situation, then you get the right result Hmm. or you give a better chance of getting the right result at least. Right. Right. How, how much do you know about war? You know, uh, wins above replacement. Yeah. So baseball, baseball has a it, a lot easier because like kind of one binary thing happens. Like you know, there are several types of pitches that could happen, and then you hit it or you don't. Right. So mm-hmm. you can help create an individual contribution to each to each play in baseball. It's a per in, in basketball is similar. I've worked really hard on trying to come up with um, a version of that. We I call it win share. So it, for every, so I, I tie it to drives as opposed to, so for every drive, like what is your contribution to one more first down or a touchdown or on defense, what is your contribution to stopping a first down or a touchdown? So, oh. so um, I call it wind chair just cause I didn't have a better name for it. If you haven't, <laughs> it. but um, you know uh, it's ultimately, it's a stab at it. It, and it, it, ends up lining up well like the actual number is it's fine it sounds small it sounds it sounds it's hard to wrap your head around because a quarterback like really good quarterbacks are worth like five wins right like because it's not one win it's not like they won't they win you the lions game they win no no no. it's like you know it's fractional part of each game right? right so quarterbacks around five you know, a really good, like Michael Thomas is like, you know, just over one, like 1.3 stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's more about the relative situation than it is about the, you know what I mean? Than, than about the, like the, the explicit number stinks. It's, it's hard. Yeah. We don't have enough games for it to be a, a big enough number, right. To wrap your head around. But so for example, sometimes it's interesting to look at it by units right now of all the division leaders, there's only one unit that the defense is contributing more to the wins than the offense. And that's wow. the Steelers. So the Steelers uh, defense as a unit is 0.34 wins um, mm. better than, than their offense. And that's the only one that's, that's a case so far this season, which is super interesting to me because of, you know, we've seen an offensive explosion just based yeah. on what's going on this season. 
Uh, that's that's really inf- good information to know because I remember I think this past off season I had stumbled across like PFF and I stumbled across WAR for the first time and I was just thinking just like that's just so hard to like quantify you know because they were talking about free agents and I think it was like if Anthony Harris had like lost he had left like the Vikings and it, it was like his his WAR with this and like it was just so hard for me to like conceptualize that of just like yeah I mean look it's it's easier to say a team like it's hard to say okay what would happen if you plopped Aaron Donald onto a different team it's easier to say what was Aaron Donald's contribution to the Rams last season Uh, so it's it war for because the thing is is the way the the whole all 11 pieces have an effect on the individual. For example, right now, Russell Wilson is tracking as the highest, highest individual win share for any player. Well, part of that is because his defense is hot garbage, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and if your defense is being letting you down, then you have to do more. Right. So the defense would have a negative number and Russell Wilson's number then goes higher because you know, you get one, everything adds up to 16 at the end, right. Or whatever the number of wins you have are. Right. So if you have, you know, it all adds up. So there's minus and there's plus. So if you're eight and eight, you have, there has to be, there only adds up to eight on the positive side. Right. So right. At, at the end of the day, that's why the number's hard. It's hard to wrap your head around because these small numbers compared to like baseball or basketball, which have a billion games, the, yeah. the numbers are bigger and, and you cannot plop someone from one team onto another and expect that like in baseball, you sort of can, right. Cause a hitter, like, a pitcher pitches, a hitter hits, right? Like yeah. sure. There's some dynamic with teams. And of course there's, there's some interaction and there's some way that it works together, but not anywhere near to the extent that, that, you know, football does. Yeah, exactly. And cause I mean, cause I mean, because football is just such a team sport, I guess that's why I like football more than any other sport, because, you know, you can have a, you know, you can have a great quarterback, but if he has, below average wide receivers, how great is that quarterback going to look? Or it's same for the offensive line. If you have a great quarterback and a below average offensive line, how great is that quarterback going to look? They might not think that quarterback is great just because the offensive line and the wide receivers are bad, you know? Well, so, welcome uh, to Detroit, right? Matthew Stafford, <laughs> Matthew Stafford is, a, is a far better quarterback than any of his win totals would have you believe. You right. know, you, if you were to, if, if he were on a different team, he would have a higher win share. For sure. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting, you know, and and it is, I, the thing that is really interesting about football is not only are the people on your side of the ball correlated to your success, but also the other side of the ball, right? Like you saw what happened. The Ravens got down to the chiefs. Like they're not built to play from behind. No, no, they are not at all. Right. So their, their defense needed to, their defense influences their offense and just in vice versa. But, you know, and, and it's an interesting thing when, when the wheels fall off, how do you write the ship? And if you're not built to do that, then it's very difficult to, it's very difficult if people don't play your style or the thing that works for you. Right. And, I mean, we, and we saw that with the saints, yep. you know, they were the, they were the, you know, the, the three year stretch of 79 seasons, Drew Brees was putting up godly stats and you know yeah, interceptions and stuff like that. Now? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And once the defense started playing well after 2017, yep. the interceptions went down. 
you know, the stats were nice, but he wasn't throwing for 5,000 yards every year. Right. Uh, right. Everything was just a little more clean. So, I mean, speaking of Drew Brees, you know, a lot of the talk early this offseason was, oh, Drew Brees, his arm, he's taking yeah. the, the, the Peyton Manning decline and all that stuff, which, I mean, I can't lie. Even I was I was pretty worried. I was like, this might be it. You know, I mean, he is a 40-plus-year-old quarterback. Uh, and he showed, you know, throughout the weeks, he showed some progress. Last week, he looked pretty good. Uh, I mean, it, do you have any projections or stats that you saw, you know, from your modeling that uh, that shows like a steep decline of Drew Brees? No, I the the hardest, the steepest decline Drew Brees had to deal with was no Michael Thomas. Mm. He's not a he's not a not quick passer. He throws quick passes. He always yeah. had, you know, the the that O line was built from the inside out. And it remains to be that in that vein. I mean, you have great tackles, but it's, it was the whole strategy is to get rid of it quickly. When you have so much of your offense reliant there, I mean, you don't set a single season reception record and not be like the lead volume person in the league. Like that's just how it goes. You know, you don't catch 149 balls. If, if 180 aren't thrown at you, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, the, the problem is, was probably less, you know, there, look, it's, it's a really weird off season. No one, the off season was messy. The defense let you down more than, I mean, the Raiders game, yes. yeah. you know, that, that was not. Normal. And the Packers game. Yeah. That's not your defense. Your defense is built better than that. And they'll play better than that. But defense as, as with every team, many teams, Defenses have been other than the Steelers. And if there's a few exceptions, Washington is randomly one of them, but you know, the defenses have not been playing well to begin this season. You yeah. know, they just haven't. That's why we've seen so many points scored. So it's not weird that the Saints defense, I'm not particularly worried about your defense. It's just unfortunate that in those situations, you know, you're without Michael Thomas and then there has to be an adjustment. I'm, I am not worried about Drew Brees's arm strength. I'm not worried about, it's it's the strategy needs to match the personnel and the personnel was not what the strategy called for based on your defense allowing too many points to be scored that's fair that's very fair um so i was i was gonna tease our our saints content just to make sure our listeners listen to the whole thing but since we're already in it um i have my my and i try to make it as unbiased opinion as i can that i think and, and I and I say this sincerely. I think and healthy Alvin Kamara is one of the best players in the NFL. Not just running back, just entire players. Um, and he's on a you know he's healthy this season. He's he's playing extremely well this season. And um, so I just I'm just curious to see like what does your stats and statistics support him of how good he actually is as a player? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he had a streak of two touchdowns that was just broken last week when. <laughs> Latavius Murray actually had two and he just only had one measly little touchdown, just one. Um, <laughs> look, the, the interesting part about Kamara is the effectiveness in different um, alignments and in different, like he doesn't lose. Men, most people have like, they're like, you know, maybe two trick ponies, not just one trick ponies, maybe good, good running backs who would be his in his peer group are, you know, they're outside rushers or they're, you know, gadget plays. Like you, you see what happened with Lev Bell. Lev Bell used to do that thing, right? Where the, the whole line would run to the, to the right. And then he would cut back to the left yes. and he'd be like, Oh shoot, what happened? Where, what, where'd he go? 
And without, you know, he had a few other tricks, but that was the one that made him really special. And with their O-line and the Jets, he's, and he's also been really hurt, but like, you know, he can't do his trick. And then you see the effectiveness just really severely take a knock. And yeah. the thing about Kamara that's so special is he has so many different tricks and all of the tricks are very effective in most games, right? Like it's hard to stop. It's hard even for Todd Bowles to stop him. And Todd Bowles stopped Christian McCaffrey. Todd, you know, we've, see, we've seen him be really effective against other top running backs that have that multiple uh, look front, like, just like Alvin Kamara does, right? It's not, it's not really fair to, you can't, he's not really the same as like Derrick Henry, right? Like they're very yeah. different, they're different styles. So style, you have to compare more apples to apples, right? So of the guys who have a style like him, like he has, a, he just, you know, the, you look at things like yards per rush, yards after contact, yards after the catch. Like there's really, there are very few places where he's not over-indexing as effective and efficient. So, you know, obviously it's a lot harder when Michael Thomas isn't playing and the boxes are more stacked, but apart from that, you know, the effectiveness is, I mean, it, it has netted in all of the touchdowns. So it's, he's a, he's a, I don't even know, seven trick pony, maybe an eight trick. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, with, with your modeling, is there any kind of, is there one or two statistics or uh, models that you put together that you could just really hang your head on is like, I know this is close to accurate as it can be. This is very predictive. Like mm -hmm. I hang my head on this one. Do you, do you have something like that? Yeah. So I think all of them, like I have one for the draft. That's like that. I have one for score prediction. Like I've worked through, I, I have about five that I think are pretty like solid in terms of like their application. Um, three, we talk about on TV. People get very mad at me about my scores, but they don't really realize how it's done, right? It's like probability of a touchdown on a drive, probability of a field goal. So if you're never going to get like, you know, you're often going to come up with weird numbers, right? So, yeah, right. so pe people, people get mad at me about that, but now I think, I think it's kind of funny. So I just go with it. Um, but at the end of the day the you know, look, the, the one that's the most successful for picking scores is one that's a, what I'm calling a doppelganger search. So it takes 10 seasons of past data. It overweights the most recent eight because football changes and evolves. Um, and what it does is it compares this season's data to look for doppelgangers similar to like teams with similar configurations. So a quick throw, a quick strike quarterback. And, you know, your defense is better than it has looked, right? And a defense that has really strong ability to, to generate defensive pressure, um, you know, it, one, one corner who is exceptional, you know, I, one, one is very, and your safety's nasty too. Like, like, so, you know, it's, it's like, how do you, you have good corners, don't get me wrong, but one is exceptional. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, how do we, how do you account for that? Right. So it looks for doppelgangers. So teams that are configured in the, in the past in similar ways mm -hmm. to the season saints team, and how do they fare against a doppelganger of the lions, right. Or a doppelganger of, you know, whomever you're playing each week, you know, the chargers, right. So it, it, it looks to see what is the most likely outcomes in those types of things, because, you know, every game is a bit different. Every, you know, if you start slow, if you start quick, if you, you know, if you have an average start, what's, what's average, what's not average. And that's why you have to run several simulations, right? So I, the, you know, I've 
added more RAM and ROM and, and space and, you know, all of the different things that you need. So, <laughs> so I run a lot of, I run like about a hundred thousand per game because I am a psychopath, but you know, you have, oh you have, my God. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so, you know, you should do that so that you get to the point where you're getting, you know, you're starting to see where trend, like the, 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 the prevailing notion for each game happens to be. And then that's what, how those scores get developed after running, you know, it's like Madden, right? Like if you play Madden simulation, 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 right. Like it's the same idea. What's most likely, like, it's very great. Like, you know, remember the Super Bowl when it started with a safety, like, and how everyone was like that, that's not probable. Well, that's, it's not probable, right? It never happened. Right. Mm. So just like, it's very improbable that Dak Prescott threw for 450 yards, more than 450 yards in three consecutive. That has never happened in the history of the NFL prior to, you know, this past three weeks. So, but it, it's very improbable for that to happen, but it, it did because their defense is bad. Um, just really quickly. How long does it take to run a hundred plus a hundred thousand plus simulations? So usually I go to bed on Sunday and push start and you will have one game left and a typical week there's you know at least one buy but so with the beginning week there's not right so right. but it in it i get up and and probably about eight o'clock it's done so i can start to see but now there's a lot of errors and you have to go back and do it because uh, you know whatever so you fix it and then by about 11 i'll get a good handle on it i i'm just I'm just so it's a lot. It's a lot. It's really nerdy and it's overkill for sure. I'm like, why can't I do this for a living? I'm just, oh my goodness. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, like, I can't even imagine like the level of work you are because I mean, I have, I got my bachelor's in psychology and and I was required to take a statistics class and a lab with it. So, like, I have very like elementary of like running data, running like, you know, Z chart, Z table. I, I don't know. I, it's it's yeah. been so long, um, so it's it just blows my mind of just how. It, well, I mean, the trick I, is to let the machine let, let the like. That's why you got to use the software to like do the you know Poisson regression or the you know right. Whatever. But like you still have to know the but you still have to know the coding. Like that's a oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you, See, like yeah like I, I have to know what's BS and what's not right. Like yeah, I'm right. a banker. There's two types of people who get into this. You're either a banker or you're a, you're a person who really loves statistics. And I, I like utility. Like I want to be able to do something. I want to act on something. I don't want to like spend 15 years just to get to a theoretical conclusion, but right. no, I want yeah, to be able to, yeah. do I buy the stock or do I sell the stock? Yeah, what do yeah. I do? Tell me quick. Gotcha. I love it. <laughs> um, one question that I, I, I did have is that just in the general sense, you know, most teams have played four games at this point, it's kind of the quarter, quarter pole, whatever, whatever, quarter way through of the season. Yep. What are, besides the, the Steelers and their defense being extremely dominant and kind of carrying their team, what are some, some stats or things that just from the league wide or just, that just jumps out to you or just, you know, just catches your eye? This year, more than ever, teams that use pre-snap motion have had an advantage. Uh, more than more so than normal. That's the the first one. Um, the second one are, is, is that like any priest? Are we talking like a re- right receiver going in motion, or is that like like Alvin Kamara like doing like jet like ghost action sweep action across like the line? Like what type of motion are we talking about? 
So it's literally any motion. Any motion. Okay. Um, I can I could break it down by you know by type, but that would also require breaking it down by personnel. So overall, <laughs> pre-snap pre-snap motion is a predictor of success this season. That's good. Um, the second thing that's interesting is, okay, so there's this is it's confusing to say, but it'll make sense if you say it. So teams that have similar pre-snap looks but execute different plays. So if they run back-to-back plays um, that where they start in the same formation, but they yeah. do something different, they've been averaging, you know, they've been averaging like at least like two more first downs per game, which sounds crazy. But remember first down, think of earning 20 first downs is usually gets getting you a win. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's two first downs is, is, is a lot. Right. So think about it like that. Um, or, this similarly teams that have different pre-snap looks, but run the same play. They have a very similar advantage about, about one more first down per game. Wow. And it's funny about the pre, the pre-snap motion thing, because uh, we saw in the, in the Saints Packers game, the Saints defense had a real rough time yes. with their eyes, with the, with their eyes in the backfield, getting caught looking, you know, with these, you know, Shanahan type of offenses yep. where there's so much pre-step motion. And I don't know what it is about this year. Maybe it's the offseason or whatever, but defenses are just really struggling with it. Yeah. And I mean, look, part of it is, part of it is they'll, they'll catch up. Yeah. You know, they'll catch up. It's just, it, it was a good strategy early in the season and it has paid off. Now, quarterbacks, we've had really excellent quarterback play compared to normal for the, it's like the highest completion percentage, the highest there's, there's a lot of things that are showing good quarterback play this season. Part of that is probably correlated with a decrease in holding penalties called on. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying it. I, that is so, a theory of mine. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I, I, that's not minded to, to judge. I mean, that that's yeah. probably safer for the game anyways. You know, if you think about it, it's a bit safer. Yeah. You want everyone to be safe. So, you know, but except for Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow is awesome. Joe Burrow is awesome. I was yeah. impressed with him. super impressed with him. He's beginning creamed, but that's yeah. his, his <laughs> exactly. and, and not like money. Like he is getting destroyed, but uh, he's doing really well. Like he's still doing really well, despite horrible people, horrible situations standing in front of him. Like, yeah, and I, I do they, do they even pre-snap motion? I don't know if Joe Mixon has been a bit more. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm their offense is very tricky and AJ green has underperformed significantly. Oh, man. So, so slow. I feel so bad. It's hard. It's hard because if you, you know, poor Joe Mixon who finally had a breakout game, but poor Joe Mixon gets, he gets crushed too. That the tight ends aren't helping him out. The line isn't helping him out. It, there's only so much two people can do. Um, that's the, I'm still just thinking about the, the pre-step motion and, and all that. Um, anything else just regarding, you know, because this is a Saints podcast and our listeners go, oh, you guys are talking about the Saints. Anything else just from a Saints standpoint that, you know, has caught your eye or something that you just find interesting statistical-wise? Uh, well, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to pat myself on the back. Do it. Do it. This person is like the, like one of the, my favorite humans in the entire, in the entire league. Like I was very early on the Demario Davis bandwagon and 
I'm fully on it. Like when he came over from the Jets, people were like, what are they thinking? And I was like, this is a great move. That's what Greg said. I still remember Greg was like, Greg, Greg with his patented voice was like, these are the type of players the Saints overpay in off season. <laughs> oh, yeah, but not me. No, I was I was all in. And plus, he's a great human, so that's good too. Um, yes. so Malcolm Jenkins, awesome human. Both are great humans. But um, I will say, look for your defense to improve. It's I know everyone's talking about should we have gotten another pass rush or blah 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 blah. It's going to be okay. Like I and by the way, I love Cam Jordan too. He's so fun to be on. Like whenever he comes on NFL Network, it is yeah. the best days at work because he is. He's the best, like positive, happy. I don't know. Everyone would want to be his coworker. So, um, you know, the defense will improve. I'm, I'm not that worried and you're gonna be fine. Once Michael Thomas gets back, like I'm still happy with my Super Bowl projection and I, I'm not coming off of it. And not just because I said it and I'm stubborn. Cause I'm actually not that stubborn. I'm more <laughs> right. I'd rather like you're a scientist. be wrong, but I'm still good right now. So just so, so uh, who, who were the saints? facing in your Super Bowl prediction? Chiefs. The con- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, that's a, that's a, it. anyone listening to this pod, never mind. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a no, no worries. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, here's a, this is kind of a, cur- a curveball. It's an, I, I'm actually inspired um, and got this from Ryan when we had Catherine on the first time. Um, with everything, you know, obviously being, you know, being female working in the NFL, um, have you seen, you know, I won't say like discrimination, like you, you've obviously worked with around a lot of men and things like that. And it kind of comes from like the, everything that came out of the Washington football team of their whole scandal or what have you, you know, that came out recently. Um, what would you speak to in just regards to just like the environment of, of, you know, just being a woman working in the NFL or any struggles or things that you may have had, you know, along your career path, if any, you know, the um, there's always, there's always, I'm sure everyone, I'm, I'm sure everyone has a story or two. And the ones that, that I'll tell you is that, that I'll say are that, you know, the people who have had my back and the people who have, treated me well far exceed the situations that have been dicey and the teams the good part is is once you start working with teams the nfl is a family by far so the there'd be very hard pressed for now for i mean i'm a, i'm an old lady so it's huh. it's a young woman's game so i i now i'm an og i'm getting to this to more of an og status oh og cynthia you know, let's hope so. Um, no, but, but honestly, like the, you learn who's good and who's bad. You lean on the ones who are good and there are enough wonderful people. I mean, Terry Fortnott's one of them, Sean Payton's one of them that will put their neck out there and be like, you know, you, you know, this is who you, you respect and you, you treat her like family because she's family and they've been very generous and kind with that. So, and I feel very fortunate you know, I, I just stick around the good ones. It's like anywhere else, you know, find the Greg's. I love my, I love my Greg, but you know, again, 60, 60% G. Like when you see, if you like, well, you guys don't go to the office anymore, but next time you see him, just drop a 60% G. I will definitely do that. And we'll have to see what he said. I, I still love it. I'm sure he'll love it. Uh, Ryan, did you have anything else? No, no. I, I just enjoyed the conversation. Been yeah, watching you for a while on if Yeah. I've been watching you for a while for NFL Network and 
like you're one of my favorite people. They come on because I mean, I love, I love the nerd stuff. I'm like, just give me more nerd <laughs> stuff. All the, you know, the TV, sports TV, and I get it. You know, you only have 90 seconds. You only have a few seconds to kind of get out a hot take. But I like the hardcore nerd, nerd stuff. That's what gets me going. So uh, anytime you come on, I know you're going to drop some good stuff that's always interesting. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you just taking your time out to come on and chat with us. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Cynthia. I do have one more, just because it just came to me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, when you have opportunities, you take them. Have you have you noticed, have, have defenses been more simple in terms of, like not being as complex as in the past because of because of the off season and just in the sense of maybe they're trying to keep things more simple for the players um, and not putting so much you know complexities defense wise on their plates or has it been kind of status quo across the board? I think that some teams have been simpler um, and other and then the team. I mean, because I you would you couldn't say that about the Steelers, right? <laughs> yeah, and you, and you couldn't say that about Washington, and you couldn't say that you know. You, you couldn't say that about there, – there are a number of teams that are not playing simply and they don't have to. The Ravens' defense is has not been playing very – you know. and then you saw Steve Spagnuolo craft a game against the Ravens at you know, the yeah. chief defensive coordinator that didn't look simple. So I guess I would say I'd have to look into that because you know, I'm a math person, so I can't tell you a generalization. <laughs> and I can't pop up to it. But maybe – but I, I would argue that the good teams are probably getting a bigger advantage by not playing simple defenses um, early on in this season. That'd be my, that's, a, that's my guess without like diving into formations too much. Yeah. yeah and I think kind of circling back to the point about continuity with teams, like Dennis Allen is, is not known to be simple and he's very complex and running you know, blitzes and things like that. Um, and that's been the case this season with him. Sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. Um, but I feel like he's, he feels like he's able to be complex because of the continuity he's had with the teams and the players and, and oh, the yeah. system. Continuity, so. is, continuity is everything this season. Like the more continuity, the better. You're way better off. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get you out of here. We're not going to wait, take up too much of your time. Uh, thank you again for coming on. So you can watch Cynthia on game day live fan or sorry, game day morning game or fantasy live, um, catch her with Greg. 60% G. Um, it, it, it really was a pleasure for you coming on, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Cynthia. Appreciate it. Thank you. And with that, we're out. Peace. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.